and welcome to the teachings of Co-Church. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus and help you to do the same. We are passionate about real community, so please reach out to us and connect by visiting our website www.co-church.org or joining us in person every Sunday as we gather. We hope this talk is helpful. We're going to continue on with what I started speaking about last week. To find ourselves in a posture where we are ready to receive. The year that has been cannot be denied. It's had some challenges. There's been some collective challenges. No doubt every single one of us have walked through some personal complexities and challenges. Life at times can be so simple, and then at others can be very, very complicated. And what can tend to happen is, by default, we become so focused in on the challenges, we have thrown at us constantly the strife of humanity, the bad news because bad news sells, and we are bombarded with negativity. And what that tends to do in our lives is that biologically, chemically speaking, it brings us into a posture where we are closed and defensive because we need to be or because we perceive to be. And that is a posture that is contrary to what God might desire for us and be able to do in us. Everything of this dynamic that we have with God, God being creator, God being father, God being intelligent designer, God being love, he is the one who is the giver of good gifts. He is the one who has given the greatest gift of all time, and that is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. But when you think about any gift, and we're coming into the time of the year where a large focus gets onto gifts, quite literally speaking, the power in any gift is not so much that it is given, but it is actually that it's received. What point is a gift if given but not fully received in our lives? Because a gift is different in that sense from what we earn in a salary or what we might even receive as a reward through good works or good behavior. What we have in God is a gift. We can associate the way that we work in society towards the dynamic that we have with God, where everything is so dependent on what we do in order to receive. But the essence of God is he gives because he loves. For God so loved the world that he gives. And so for us in this time of the year, as Tam mentioned and as we are well aware, particularly the parents in the room, it is that silly season. It's that season where life just gets full. I mean, even from a work perspective, we're heading towards that time where everything is winding up to ultimately wind down. And in the winding up can come stresses and anxieties. And everything of what that is closes us to what God might want to do. 
So my aim, like I said, is to bring us into a posture that is open, that is receptive, that we might fully receive the gift that God extends to us. And that gift that God has extended is for all mankind for all time. And that gift being Jesus, which is really what we should be celebrating over the Christmas season. It's not always the reality and we want to embrace the fun. We want to embrace the festivities and the joy. But all the while remembering and keeping in our focus that this time of the year is that time of the year where we can bring into the consciousness of society that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. But God doesn't just give gifts in a collective, generic sense. He sees every single one of us. He sees us uniquely. He sees us individually. And He loves every single one of us at a micro-specific level. And you might be thinking to yourself this morning, like, well, who am I that God might see me? Who am I that God might be for me as Tam was praying earlier? What you need to understand is that God being God has the God ability to see all of us because he created all of us and he loves all of us at that micro level. And so there might be very specific gifts coming your way. There might be a specific grace that is upon your life. There might be specific scenarios and situations that could be before us that if we are not in a posture to receive, could be missed in our life. So my hope is that as we gather over the next couple of weekends, before we head into that December period, is that we would, by God's word and because of his spirit alive and active in us, we will have that breath of refreshing, of life, of ease, of being open to what he wants to do. We started by looking at a passage of scripture. Now, there is a significant reward for whomever could remind me of that passage of scripture that we've been looking at. What is the Bible verse that we've been looking at? Started last week. Okay, all of you get out. Get out. I mean, we're done. This is over. I can't believe we're even doing this. Yes, Candy, because you are employed by Code Church. I'm so grateful that you said that. Um, Psalm 100. We looked at it last week. Um, side note, okay? I know it's a little bit in jest, but there's opportunities to receive so many things in life, messages. And if, if you are finding yourself saying, Co-Church is my home, this is the community I want to embed myself in, listen, you guys are adults, well, most of you, some of the younger crew at the back there. You guys are adults. You're fully responsible. We don't want to treat you like children. We don't want to keep food, spoon feeding. And, and there are ways and means by which you can engage, by you can connect and receive. I mean, we've got social media platforms. If you're on any social media platforms, make sure that you connect with Co-Church because we keep emphasizing certain messages. There's thought and there's intention towards those things. If you want to catch up on the messages, we have a website that you can just go to and find the latest teachings. And so you would have known that Psalm 100 is the focus. 
I want you to have a look at it, Ken's, if you wouldn't mind bringing that up on the screen. Psalm 100. We started looking at the ESV version last week. This now is the NIV version. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people. You're His people. You know, like this is God. You know, like if you, if you had that like most popular kind of crew in school or in your social setting or that person that you deeply admired and you could say, like, I'm their people. Like God is saying that to us. We are His people, Creator God and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Can I encourage you to please just spend a moment each day just going over that passage of Scripture. Get it into your soul. Get it into your heart. Get it into your consciousness. Let it come to the forefront of your thinking. Get it on your lips. Speak it out. Trust in it. Follow it. Allow it to do what God's Word can do in our lives. What we highlighted last week was something quite specific with regards to giving thanks or gratitude. And in that intention that we would come to a place where our posture is open to receive, we need to appreciate the significance of being grateful. The significance of giving thanks that causes us to come to that place. And we spoke about it from a physiological perspective. There is something scientific and biological that occurs in our bodies as we choose. Choose is the emphasis to be grateful. To give thanks. What we noted last week was that the thanksgiving in that passage of Scripture in Psalm 100 and in the other reference that we draw, drew upon, drawed upon, drew upon from the situation where Jesus feeds the 5,000 with loaves and fish, the thanksgiving took place first, not after. It talks about entering the courts with praise, not leaving the courts with praise. Now, we would hope that we're going to leave with some praise as well, but it speaks very specifically of thanks coming first. So we don't wait for circumstances to determine our expression of thanksgiving. We make a decision that by faith, we are going to look into the future and by faith, give thanks to God. And by positioning ourselves in such a way that we are now receptive to what He wants to do in our lives, in our circumstances. I wanted to focus in on another passage of Scripture from the New Testament that speaks again quite specifically of rejoicing, of being glad, and of thanksgiving. All the while knowing the impact of what this does, that we would open ourselves to receiving. So Philippians chapter 4 is where we want to spend some time in this morning. And 
from around verse 4 to 8. Now, just a little bit of context about Philippians. The authorship is the Apostle Paul. He's writing in around AD 64, is suggested historically speaking. So we're talking some years after the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, but it is still very early in the context of Paul's personal witness to what God might have done in his life. Uh, The Philippians were a group of people based in Philippi. If you lived in Cape Town, you would know that in Cape Town, there is a town called Philippi, but they call it Philippi. Um, And this is a Roman colony in Macedonia. It was a wealthy Roman colony colony. It was on a trade route. Macedonia is very, very close to Greece. So much of the historical significance of the time in which we live would have taken place in this area. But the thing is, is that Philippians, the core focus of it is to speak of the people of God living with joy despite circumstances. That is the central theme. Because this group of Roman citizens were now following Jesus as Lord, which was opposed to the narrative of the time because Caesar would have been Lord. And so these believers were under persecution. And so Paul is encouraging that no matter what you are facing, we are to live joyful. We are to be giving praise, thanksgiving, because it does something in our lives. Philippians 4 and verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Paul says, I will say it again. And therefore, Bevan this morning will say it again to co-church. Rejoice always. But who are we rejoicing in? And that's key, right? Because I'm not trying to get us to put our head in the sand and Pretend like there's nothing going on in our lives that's causing us stress or trial or challenge. It's not a denial mentality that, no, everything's fine, everything's fine, when we know that it's not. It's it's okay to acknowledge. It's okay to see. It's okay to embrace. If anything, that is psychologically good for us to identify what might be going on around us and approach it from a realistic perspective, but it's choosing to rejoice not in our circumstance, but in our God. For He is good. For He is King. For He is Lord. He is sovereign. And so it is to rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. That rejoice is a verb. It's an action. It's not just a state of mentality. It is you and I choosing to give voice, to be cheerful or full of cheer, despite what might be going on around us, which I know for me is not easy. I I, I don't tend towards optimism. Now, I tend towards faith, but my natural default, I like to think of myself as a realist. Some might say that I'm a pessimist, but I'm going to stay optimistic 
in my pessimism and say I'm a realist, okay? But um, I have the good gift of identifying potential problems. But that weighs quite heavy on me. And the beauty of that is that my wife tends towards seeing the solutions. Now, you would say that's the perfect partnership, right? I would say that's the perfect recipe for some tension every now and again. But we're working through that kind of stuff. But if we think about it in the context of where our natural default lies, like I said, from a collective perspective, how often is it that we like the bad news? Not that we like the bad news, but for some reason we like talking about the bad news. We like highlighting the bad news. We like concentrating on the bad news. We like talking around the bad, the bad news around the bri. We, and, and focus upon focus upon focus is always toward that. But here there is this reset. There is this encouragement to rejoice, to be active. It's a verb. It's to give expression despite what might be going on around us in the Lord, but trusting by thanksgiving it's going to work its way into our circumstances. Let your gentleness be evident to all that the Lord is near. I looked at that and I found that word or that language fascinating. Like, let your gentleness be evident to all. Having lived overseas for a long, long time, and then once a year while we were still living overseas, coming back to South Africa, what was noticeable about our climate? I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about the atmosphere of our nation, is that there are extremities everywhere. And we are a people that tend towards a roller coaster of emotions, and there is a tension that exists that I wouldn't necessarily describe as being gentle. I don't think that we can describe our society as being gentle, okay? Um, and when you look at what that word actually means from the original language, it's words like mild, measured, equitable, or fair. What I love about what this might highlight for us is as we choose to rejoice in the Lord, I say it again, rejoice, despite circumstances, what that brings into our lives is a measured approach to life. Now, would you all agree with me that the times in which we live have accentuated extremism? Extremism in opinion, extremism in point of view, in ways of articulating it. There is division and camps and tribes being set up everywhere. And if you say this one thing and you say another one thing, then we must be on the other sides of the spectrum and be opposed to each other. But actually, the opportunity we have as believers is that we would bring a measured perspective. That in a time of extreme Perhaps the way in which we can reveal that the Lord is near is that we don't always 
have to sit in extreme camps, but that we can bring the measured, gentle, patient perspective to what life might bring. It goes on to say this, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Do not be anxious about anything. I struggle with that. I struggle with that. But again, where is that anxiousness coming from? That word very clearly speaks of being divided in our cares. That it's more of a distraction than anything. That we might have a desired focus, that we might have a sense of being intentional about something. And what anxiousness brings is it actually brings a division in our thoughts. It's like a scattering of our thoughts. And you know where it ultimately stems from, which it is actually defined in this original Greek word. It stems from an obsession with self. You think about anxiety. Anxiety is a mental state that typically draws its energy from the future. Depression, another mental state, typically draws its energy from the past. But anxiety is you and I looking ahead, tending towards the negative, and by the power of our thoughts, allowing that negative to now impact in our present moment. But it tends to be a focus on ourselves and the negative of the future. How it affects me, how I am being dealt a bad or difficult situation right now. And the opportunity again that we have in this life in following God, where Jesus himself actually says to us, if you want to find your life, let go of your life. If you actually want to see a significant sense of purpose and meaning, choose to surrender. That this life that we live is one that is to lay down self, take up Jesus. And by doing so, look at what it says. We will come into a place where the peace of God comes into our life and surpasses all understanding. I, I love uh, learning, listening to podcasts. Uh, I, I listen to a whole range of stuff, okay? I find myself anchored in Jesus. Don't be concerned with me in that regard. But I like having a broad spectrum of human performance and health, nutrition, uh, faith, and theology. The, the, theology? Theol, theology? <laughs> that sounded funny. Um, and, and in relation to human performance, there's this term that a lot of people use, it's called the flow state. I don't know if you've ever come across that term. The flow state is to find yourself in a state of being where everything is just, you're, you're on your game. Like creativity is flowing, uh, you're producing, you're at your top, your peak. And often it's referred to athletes, it's referred to creatives writing songs, producing creative content. To find yourself in a flow state ultimately speaks of being 
relaxed but focused. Relaxed focus. Because that's where our creativity is at our best. That's when our logic is at our best. That is when our bigger perspective is brought into view. When we are stressed, when we are anxious, when we are uh, worked up, and, and what happens is, is our view becomes so narrow and so focused. We get so fixated by, by what might be in front of us that we actually miss the bigger picture of what God might be doing around us. And so when we come into that place of rejoicing, of giving thanks, of surrendering self, of actually taking up Jesus, we find ourselves in what the Bible terms flow state to be the peace of God. The peace of God. That, that, that goes beyond our understanding where it's like, this is going on, I can see it, this is a difficult time, but for some reason, we know it to be Jesus, that peace is at work. That we can navigate life. We can make good decisions at the right time. We can bring that sense of measured approach to every situation. Verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Romans 12, we spoke of the transformation that comes through the renewing of our minds. And may we not be naive to the fact that there are messages coming at us all the time, filling our minds with negativity and trash. And it's actually up to us like I said, we are adults. Like, we've got to make some conscious choices for ourselves that instead of allowing, because we allow it, our minds to be consumed with the negativity, we bring our thoughts onto that which is worthy of thanksgiving, that which is noble and pure and good and love. And let me just finish by reading how Eugene Peterson says that same passage from his paraphrase, The Message. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. If you find yourself struggling to pray, every time you worry, just allow that to be the mechanism for prayer. You'll be praying quite a lot, I would imagine. <laughs> Let petitions and praise shape your worries. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle on you. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces the worry at the center of your life. Summing it up, all friends, I'll say it like this. Do your best to fill your minds and meditate on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me. 
what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work into you His most excellent harmonies. And there is a desire of God that we would live in the rhythms of His grace, an unearned, undeserved favor that is towards every single one of us. Thank you for connecting with us. If you have any questions about today's teaching or anything else, please email us on hello at co-church.org or visit us on our website on www.co-church.org. We gather in person every Sunday here in Umklali on the north coast of KwaZulu-Natal and you are so welcome to join us. Until next time, my name is Chloe Mklongo. Ujehova magakbusisi, agulondolozi, magakanyi subusubaki pezkwako. May God bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you.